Hey, y'all, it's Coach Muffy, and you are listening to the Muffy Bradshaw Podcast with Jay. That's my part. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't so sure. It we gonna... just makes the show so much more interesting. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you were going to go with you first and then me. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody in podcast land, it's Jay Del Negro making a repeat visit. Hi. Y'all, I mean, you know what? If y'all listen to Jay's podcast, you can tell that like Jay and his co-hosts are so together, okay? Like hey, the, the things that that is well planned out, okay? So Jay, please, just for the, for those of them, for those people who did not join us the last episode, just introduce yourself. Tell us about your pod, where people can find you and all that good stuff. Everybody out there listening, my name is Jay Del Negro and I am the co-host of the podcast called Don't Judge Me Podcast, where we will absolutely judge everything and everyone. And we hope that sometime that you all join us in judgment. It's nothing like what Muffy does. <laughs> Muffy, Muffy takes consideration into what she does. But what I do over there with my co-host, Sir Nigel, is we don't consider anything other than the, the funny <laughs> and the joke. So search for me everywhere on the internet under Jay Del Negro and look forward to laughter. Yes. Yep. And it that, is that funny. Wait, sorry, Jay, what was that? I was like, that, that about covers it. Yes, yes. So I, I love the pod. If you need a laugh, please. Okay. And it's 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 actually really, really good because you guys discuss discuss topics, you guys cover things, and you just put your own flair and spin on it. And it really is funny. And it's dry humor. Wouldn't you say it's a little bit of dry humor mixed? With- I'm the dry one. He's so I'm the country, he's the rock and roll. So that's the best way to put it. My co-host is wild. I am not the wild one. He's he's wild. So I would be the dry humor and he would be the hilarity. <laughs> yeah. So make sure y'all check that out. And should we just like, I mean, uh, get straight into it? We have an article today. Hey. Kind of like talk about, and I don't know if you guys can relate to this. I think that you probably can. Um We are going to be talking about some of the most common relationship problems and some solutions. (laughs) Um, I mean, there are a lot of them. And this is an article that I found on Talkspace.com. And you know, I actually really found some of these problems not so surprising. And there were some I'm like, "Mm, that's interesting. So I'm just going to touch on it a little bit first, because as y'all know, I have made many many relationship mistakes okay now I will say that I have learned from those mistakes so I would like to think that I'm not making them as frequently as I used to um but you know what you live and you learn and hopefully this article will resonate with you all and give you all some pointers on what to do what not to do and some of the mistakes that we all make in relationships so I'm gonna get straight into it Okay. Um, let me see. Let me scroll down, y'all, because this is a lengthy article, and we'll link this in the pod if you guys want to follow along with this. But the first one is communication. Communication, which makes sense. I mean, people, we have a hard time communicating. We know. Yes. Right. Say that again. I said we have a hard time communicating. Yes. Absolutely. Say. But getting a message across clearly to our partner is a whole nother story. I often say the difference between men and women is we can see, hear, say the same things, 
but they feel differently. And I think that impacts how we receive and deliver communication with one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, okay, I did make a promise about fake ex, but you guys, this is just the most recent um, relationship aside from the one I'm in now, which is I have to update y'all on that because that's a whole nother pod. But I will say with my last relationship, communication was a significant problem for us. Um, It was I mean, of course, I feel like I was communicating effectively, but don't we all, don't we all feel like we're getting our message across until like it's someone else who has to receive our message. And I think with the communication with my, my last relationship, um, sometimes I can over communicate and my, um, and with my last relationship, he wasn't a very expressive person. And so a lot of things went under the radar as far as feelings. And then there were just what I contributed to just being mixed signals. Okay. You know, Okay. I think that communication is probably one of the biggest problems in relationships. I would agree. And I'll give an example of my last relationship. Mm-hmm. Myself and the young lady were together for four and a half years and probably the last um, year, probably last like 18 months, honestly. I didn't recognize that we weren't communicating because I was the one doing all the communication and she had checked out for a very long time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until, you know, you had hindsight and you can look back on it and see everything that wasn't there. It wasn't, it wasn't until the day she said to me, didn't you realize I stopped telling you I love you? No, I didn't. No, I didn't because I was always just saying it and pouring it out. And her response, her response was she received it, but you know, she was just kind of coy, coy with it. So um, yeah, communication, communication becomes a barrier at some point. I think it's always like a barrier. Like you got to navigate it. Yeah, you've got to yeah. you got to navigate the communication space. That is huge. You know, I'm wondering, like, how do we communicate our feelings have changed? You know, and that that to me is it's it could be a thin line, but it also is a necessary line mm-hmm. because we don't ever. Well, I would imagine that we would never want someone that we have loved or someone that we do love, but maybe not in that way to be hurt. And to me, if you're holding on to something, or if you feel like you've checked out of the relationship, it does both people a disservice. Yes, it hurts, mm-hmm. you know, but you ha- I think the sooner that you're able to communicate that, the better off you are, because you can meet your people or just continue on with your lives. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think, have I ever checked out of her? Absolutely. Why do I even I don't know the answer to that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not perfect. Um, I definitely have checked out of relationships before and that's on me. That's no one's fault but mine. Um, I, I think what I used to do in the past, I would convince myself because they were so good on paper. I think, hmm. oh, let's just try, you know, he, let's, he's nice. Let's just, and that always bites me in the end. That is never ever a reason to stay in a relationship. It's just not. And that is, I mean, I was literally trying to convince myself and that's not Mm -hmm. me and it's not fair to my partner. 
yeah, when when that sort of approach is is in the midst of a relationship crumbling or what have you, it's it's almost like the partner isn't a person anymore. They are a goal. They're a, a, a tick on a list. Like if I just try and do it a little bit harder <laughs> and show up every day and fix whatever it is, like it, it's not you're not dealing with the person anymore. You're dealing with like what your goals you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And according to Talkspace, they say in order to fix communication or if that's a really big issue in your relationship, these are just some of the things they suggest. I'm not gonna read all of these because we're gonna link the, the article in the pod. But some of the things they suggest is to work on identify where your conversations are breaking down. So to me, that means if you're having like a literal disagreement, and you're just not able to verbally communicate well, that's what you need to do. Figure out where your triggers are in the conversation and that makes sense. Something else they say, be open and honest about your feelings. So that reminds me of what we were just saying about kind of checking out. And yes, in theory, that's what we should do. <laughs> but sometimes we have trouble doing that for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that they suggest for trying to open up the lines of communication and doing it effectively. Okay. All right. So the next one, and remember y'all, we're talking about some of the most common relationship problems. This one is pretty obvious to me. The second one they mentioned was arguments. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> healthy relationships, you have arguments. I guess it's the extent and severity of your arguments. What are you guys arguing about? I've found in <laughs> my relationships when I don't feel like I'm arguing, I'm being told, I don't want to argue with you right now. And I'm just like, what? I'm not arguing. We're just, we just have a difference of opinion. We have a difference of opinion. So I'm just explaining why I think this way. And apparently you don't want to talk about it. So that's all you have to say is I don't want to talk about it right now because I'm not arguing. Like, I don't find it offensive. I find it like, that I, that I measure like how I'm projecting my voice or what, what language I'm using incorrectly. Like, this isn't arguing. I am belaboring my point, but I'm not arguing. <laughs> yes. No, I totally understand that. I, I feel, I feel like with me, I, I have been told that I can be intense. I mean, I'm just naturally just, I feel maybe I am a little intense. Okay, fine. And I get very passionate about the things that I want to say. I mean, for God's sakes, I've been talking on camera I've, since like real world circa 1998. I talk, I like to get my points across. And sometimes it could be much overkill. Um, mm. But I think to me, what breaks down the severity of an argument when it gets spiteful, when it gets hurtful, and then when you're purposely saying things to attack your partner, that's when it becomes a problem. We are going to have disagreements. You're not going to agree with me and vice versa. That's okay. How can we communicate that and how can we recover from that? I've, I've got a good one for that. At least I think it's a good one. <laughs> oh, let's hear so, it. so real talk, I, I don't speak out of spite to people I love. I don't try to attack and, you know, cut at the knees or anything like that. If I love you, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I try instead to explain why I feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've learned that I statements don't work when the other person <laughs> just 
blows through them because it feels different. I'm saying I felt this way when you, and they're hearing you did this to me. So I can't, I can't like prep for that. So I don't even say the I statements anymore. I'm just going like, Hey, this happened. I didn't like it. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me tell you why I didn't like it. And Mm -hmm. that, I guess that's the the switch for the argument because I'm explaining why that upset me in the details surrounding why I didn't like it. Yeah. So, but I statements don't work when the person just is ready to blow through it. Like, nope, nope. I agree. I agree with that. And you know, I read an article that was saying that the I statement needs to totally be eradicated because sometimes it depends on the headspace of the person you're communicating with. And if the person is just in kind of like the, the victim mentality where there's nothing that their partner could say to make them feel validated it's going to always default to like you said you're saying it's my fault I didn't make you feel that way so sometimes it can just make the conflict cycle a little bit worse but that's where Mm -hmm. your partner needs to also do the self-work to understand like hey I'm not saying this is your fault this is just how I feel so it's kind of like I mean it does literally take at least two people to communicate but it comes down to both parties Mm -hmm. you know I mean so I feel like with me with communication sometimes it is hard for me to sometimes it is hard for me to express my feelings in a way where it doesn't feel accusatory and I'm okay enough with saying that I'm working on that. You know, sometimes it's hard to think about all of the politically correct things that you should say to make your partner feel safe in an argument. I mean, that's just real. Every argument is not necessarily going to be textbook. Like we know what to do theoretically, but sometimes I'm being totally honest. Sometimes that goes out the window when you're not in the headspace to talk. So I feel like that even goes a step further. If you're not ready to talk about something, then just take a minute. I agree to a degree. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's fair to take a minute and then allow Tom to really pass. Like, let's sleep on it. Let's talk about it in the morning. No, we need to address this because I don't want whatever this is to get lost and then shuffled in with other things. Because like, you taking time for yourself, understandable. Mm-hmm. But when you take that time all the time, it, it bleeds out. Like if I'm bringing you something that's troubling me, I'm expecting a response to that, not a wait, let me process this. I'll get back to you. Like that is kind of infuriating. Like, all right, you, mm. you, need, to make sense of it. you need to make sense of it, but you don't get to like, take as much time as you need like because what's happening here is like I'm not getting what I need from you as a partner if you're often just taking time off to sort things out what if that's what your partner needs to effectively communicate where is the middle ground the middle ground is they've got they've got to learn to come back sooner because like it it can't always and of course this is a personal experience it can't (laughs) always be it can't always be I need a night, I need a day, I need some time. Because what that makes me feel like is like, you're not really addressing 
the issue. You're you're buying time to find out a way to make it make sense. Like mm-hmm. because it's 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 a repeated thing. Like you've compromise and sacrifice. Like I get that's how you individually may process things, but I need some feedback. I'm giving you this because I need some feedback. I need some deliverance of something. And in mm. saying and saying, I just it's it's a lot right now. I need to think about it every time. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just not it's just not uh, that, that doesn't work for me. Because because yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off. But no, it's that's, okay. That's that's like being like robotic and politically correct because you're trying to find the right answer. Like I need the emotion. I need the feedback. I, I need I need you to be valuable. I need you to make mistakes along the way. Because like that's fine. Like I'm, I'm not penalizing you for it. Like I just I just need a whole person to come through and show up at some point. Not coming back with the you know 24 hour business response. Um, CCing all your business part. Like I don't, I don't need the, the formalities. I just need the person to show up. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what it is. I'm looking for the person. That is really interesting. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that you would prefer like a real time reaction, not something that's like premeditated or calculated because you would appreciate in like what you perceive as the real, the real person, the real unaltered response to whatever you all are discussing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So that sounds like that's something that makes you feel safe. What if your partner says, hey, well, you know what? It's just I need to collect my thoughts. It's not that I'm like invalidating my authentic feelings. It's just I need time. Would you feel safer if your partner was like, hey, you know what? Let's talk about this tomorrow morning. I just need to collect my thoughts. Do you still feel like that would not equate to a genuine real time response? to whatever the issue is at hand. Yes, that would not equate to a real-time genuine response. Okay, so you definitely need someone with the communication style of, hey, let's hash this out now. We're not going to bed until we have some resolve. Not necessarily until we have some resolve. Until like, mm-hmm. if I'm the one bringing the issue, I need to feel heard. I don't need to feel I hear you on that. Yeah, I just, I just need to feel heard and not put off. Um, oh. You know, previously- Oh, oh, yes. Oh, Jay. All right. I just get so like, excited about this stuff. I'm sorry. Please go. Um, I mean, that, that, that's kind of the summary of it. I just I just need to feel hurt. That hit home. Yes. Here. Yes. So can I ask you a question? What do you, does you feeling heard also equate to someone like verbally communicating with you? Could your partner just literally sit with you and listen? And affirm yeah. you, or does she have to literally verbally communicate what's going on in her head, what she thinks about what's going on in real time at that moment? I've learned to say when it when it gets in that murky water of like, I don't know if they know what to do with it, I'll mm-hmm. say it, I just listen. Like I'll, I'll deliver that. Or if um they might throw out, um, I don't know what you want me to say. And I was like, Do you have an opinion? So I might, you know fish for the feedback or I might just like give them a line like hey just just listen but if like if the event was the day of like something happened the day of and that caused Mm -hmm. me to feel like unsubtle I want (laughs) to address that then but if it's something more like I don't know an inconvenience like um just just something that's mildly inconvenient but it kind of like repeats itself like all right Mm -hmm. just listen let me let me explain to you why this is a problem for me, mm-hmm. right? 
So, but I, I just need to be heard. I can't, I don't deal well with the, this is a lot. Let me, let me think about it and I'll get back. No, mm. this, this isn't, this isn't a job offer. We're not negotiating salary. Like this is, this is real life right now. So let's, let's do that. Yeah. I, you know, I was playing devil's advocate. I am the same way though. And like, I am a real time. Let's talk about it again. I, I mean, you know, I take that back. I don't think there's a thing as over communicating. So I take that back. I do like to communicate thoroughly and I like to solve things in real time because I'll, again, full transparency, like in my last relationships, there would be a feeling of unsafety. Like this doesn't make me feel safe because I feel like you're not validating. I feel like you're not taking the situation seriously. But on the other end, as a partner, I also had to understand that sometimes people really do just need time. And it doesn't mean that they're invalidating. They're not wanting to work on things. And that has been difficult for me because that is not that was not my expectation always. Um, but I think that I'm a little bit more, not even a little bit more, I am open now to giving my partner space, but we have those boundaries in place. Well, not even boundaries. We have these protocols in place, so to speak, where it's like, we need to come back and talk about this. You could have, you know, literally the rest of the night, but we need to talk about this tomorrow just because that helps me feel safe. And it's just not something out in the abyss. Like, I don't know what's going on. So we have come to a middle ground, but it is important to have someone who either understands how you like to be communicated with, or at least meet halfway so you guys are both getting what you need mm -hmm. yeah. agreed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right you want to read something you want me to do it um i'm gonna jump around you okay yes oh yes let's do that around. yeah do some ones that you feel like are really juicy uh, trust there's like 15 you guys and all of this again is like if you want to reference this the link is in the in the pod bio so description mm-hmm so I'm going to jump to okay. trust and trust reads as trust is one of the most important aspects of any relationship. If you're questioning whether or not you can trust your partner, calmly yet firmly ask them if there's a reason for concern. If your partner is one of those who has trust issues, reassure them they have nothing to worry about. The good news is that you can so overcome trust issues in a relationship. Yeah, I read this one because it was one of the shorter ones. And I'm just like, yo, trust is complicated, yo. <laughs> trust is way complicated you know come on come on so wait this is what got me if your partner has trust issues i mean just them. you have nothing to worry about it's all good we're all good over hold, there's nothing hold their hand here. look them in the eye and say you're safe with me <laughs> and then they got it like that's just that easy no that's just insulting that is insulting to the readers okay <sighs> Come on, y'all. Like, do you want to touch on that, Jay? I'll let you go first. If you want to go first on this, and I'll tap in. Like trust, trust is probably the biggest pillar for who I would commit to. Like, I, I date a million in different, you know, a million one different women. But, like, as far as, like, commitment and, you know, having to check the box to say we go together, trust has to be there before anything else. Um, I, will, I will honestly say out of my adult relationships, and I've had, like, five five adult mm -hmm. relationships since, since I was 18. I only trusted two of them. Ooh. And yeah. I, the other, the others, I was like too young. Um, yeah. Even care notice or feel like that meant anything, but I really only trusted two. Um, and like trust 
is so freeing like to, mm. to trust your partner is such a freeing thing where mm, that's good it's, it's not that you don't have worry because realistically that'll pop up that'll exist but you are allowed to make sense with and without the partner if you have some worry because you trust mm. in the human being that you're dealing with so that is so good jay that is really really good Sorry. I'm here all week. I'm here all week. Slight bars. Slight bars. Slight <laughs> bars. Y'all, um, well, y'all listen to James Pod. You're gonna be like astounded because this pod is just a little more, you know, here or there. But Jay, please forgive me. I just get a little <laughs> this stuff. So please forgive me for just getting a little bit. But I just sorry. That was really good. Trust is freeing. Yeah, it is. That's a huge statement. Okay. 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 I mean that. That's. That like like I said, it's a pillar. It's 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 a foundational aspect. It probably means more to me than anything else. And and like trust is the reason you choose to come back, right? You know, you yeah. wake up every day like love's a feeling, but eventually love's become a choice. And that's because you trust that person. You tr- you trust that the decisions you two are making or that or however it goes are gonna are going to work out or it makes sense for you in your lifetime at that moment. So like you trust someone, you're gonna come back to them. And that's a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. That was really good. I really enjoyed that. Now, let me ask you this. How do you know that you can trust someone? What have these past partners shown you where mm. out of doubt, this is it? Is it a feeling? Is it a physical action? Is it a combination of both? What is it? It's a lot of things. I don't know if there's a simple answer mm. or even an answer I could like, put together to make it make sense. Um, if, if I really, really looked at it, I would say more than anything, it's a, um, it's a feeling. I would, I would go that it's one of those things where it's built off of the feeling and then you can logically put things in place that make sense to go with that feeling. So I, mm. I think it's primarily for me, I think it's a feeling first. And then, and but but like the logic isn't really separated from it. It's just mm-hmm. that like, it's a compelling thing where I can lean towards it. It's like sunlight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when something's warm, you stay close to it and trust is kind of like that same thing. So in the warmth of the sun, whether you're an animal or a person or even a, a flower, you go out towards which you trust will help you grow. And, and I would say that the feeling of trust is just like warmth to me. And then there's actions that have come along with it that like resonated or, or um, help it stand up firmer and taller. So yeah, it's, it's a feeling. Uh, you do poetry on the side or something? I did at one point. So profound. <laughs> at one point in my life, I did poetry. Yes. Do not sleep on Jay. Did y'all hear that? Like, I was not expecting something so prolific and just well said. Not that you're not capable, but you know, sometimes, you know, you just shock like, oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of layers to this onion. Like Listen I told here. you, that's I told you I had opinions. Really. I had, a, had opinions. I had opinions. So that was no, but all jokes aside, that is like, oh, that's good. That's really good. And you know, it's. If I were to, if I were to describe what trust feels like, it would not be that poetic for one time. That's just not. But what I would say, what I would say is I'm more of an action person. 
So in order to really earn, because trust needs to be earned 100%. Like that's just not something that I think people just give out. Well, some people do. I do not give out trust freely. Uh, could that be a good thing? Could it be a bad thing? It could be a little bit of both, I'm sure. In order to gain my trust, I need actions. So that's, you're showing me you're dependable. You're showing me that you're honest. You're a person of your word. And that to me, those are the building blocks of trust. And it is a certain level of vulnerability, um, emotional intimacy, all of those things I need. Those aren't things that I would like. I need those things to build trust in my relationship. And of course, the obvious, like not lying. <laughs> Come on, that goes without saying, y'all. We know that. But aside from the obvious, those are the things that I absolutely need. I'm very action-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so back to lying. This was a conversation <laughs> I was having with a friend of mine a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And they said that um, they, were, they were dating a guy or getting to know a guy. And he was talking about his past relationships and he mentioned something about his ex-wife being a liar. And he just doesn't want, he doesn't want someone that's going to lie to him. And the way they looked at it was, um, everybody's going to lie to you. You just don't want to be lied to about something big. And I was just like, well, everybody lies. Sure. Little lies, big lies. They're all there. So my question to you is, does a little lie impact your trust level for your partner? good question. I have to answer honestly. Y'all know I gotta be honest. Yes, it does. And let me explain. So this has been my theory with lies. First of all, it does depend on the lie. Okay. So if I'm like, Hey baby, you know, actually I would like my partner to tell me if they didn't like a dress or something like that. You know, but if I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, Do I look, you know, the stereotypical question. Do I look big in this? Lie. Lie to me. No, baby, you look (laughs) Lie. I want all the lies, okay? But if we're talking about, well, I feel like little lie versus big lie is very subjective. So to Mm -hmm. me, that's the little lie I'm talking about. Like lying to me about my appearance. Oh, baby, you look beautiful. But when we're talking about like, oh no, I went straight home after work. That to me may be a, a little lie. To the person, that's a big lie to me because why are you lying? I don't understand. What what is the reason behind this lie? If you're lying about that, how can I even begin to believe you with other situations? I think that especially if you're catching someone in a lie, that's a crack in the foundation. There's no, it's very hard for me to recover from catching people in lies or finding out that people are lying about something big because that is to me a very big rupture in the relationship and it it comes to a point where I have to ask myself am I willing to give this person another chance can they show me with their actions that they are going to be truthful no matter what sometimes it's not worth the effort to me like I want someone who is going to be open and authentic we are not perfect. We absolutely do lie. And I do, I do somewhat agree with your friend. You're right. We do lie. Um, but I think that when you're, when you're lying about, oh God, I mean, your whereabouts, you're lying about past experiences. There are certain things that you just do not lie about because it's going to be detrimental to your relationship. In my opinion. I've got another friend who, this is just funny to me. Um, her, (laughs) her boyfriend um he gets upset if she falls asleep while they're hanging out so really 
yes, gets upset. Um, so they'll be drinking, um, playing board games, whatever they do as a couple, and she might like doze off, and then, and she'll fall asleep, and he'll jump in like, "You sleep?" She'll be like, "No, no, no," and he's like, "You lying to me," and it's a big deal to him, according mm. to her anyway, that her not accepting that she's falling asleep is like a lie. It's like the biggest thing in the world. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, all right, that's that's different. But um, little lies, it's big different. lies. Yeah, little yeah. lies, big lies are different for different people when we're talking about things being subjective. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that is a good, that, right. Like, so the fact that like someone's lying about them sleeping, no, they're resting their eyes. Okay, fine. That's what you want to call it. We're all good. You want to say you weren't fine. Is that going to be like the demise of our relationship? Mm. Probably not. Now, if you know who you were sleeping with, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother situation. But that stuff, yes. I don't personally think that would be detrimental. But hey, maybe her partner has some really big sensitivity to lies. Maybe he had an experience where it's like, listen, I gave somebody too much of the benefit of the doubt. So I don't want nail lie. Not one. you never know, you know. So that's why, like you said, it's very subjective. It is very mm-hmm. subjective. So what would you classify as a non-detrimental lie versus a big lie? And you're like, trust is gone. Absolutely done. Uh, Non-detrimental lie. lie. Mm -hmm. Um, Saying they ate dinner when they didn't because I'm the type that'll bring you dinner and you didn't want to inconvenience me. Non-detrimental lie, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a thing like, and here's here's me being reassuring, like, don't worry about it. It's, It's not out of my way even if it is it's not out of my way i got you good example yeah you get a long day i got you uh but of course like a huge lie is misrepresenting what you're actually doing so went to dinner with the girls nope you went to dinner with your ex so what are you <gasps> married? He's, he's married or 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 what have you or it's not a date when in fact you went out with the dude you met from the gym while i was just sitting at home yeah, that's the that, 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 those laws. Those laws happen. They've happened. They've happened. Uh, They've happened. Were you able to recover? I mean, I was an idiot, but you know, I didn't. I didn't care as much because I felt like I had a lot more trust in the person. Like I believed in the person that, even though they went on a date with somebody. <laughs> this was the type of person this was the type of person that would meet interesting people in all walks of life and would spend time with them so like she met she met a dude at a um Amish rock concert she had <laughs> nothing to do with like she met the lead singer uh Ezekiel and they like became buddies and she wasn't Amish she just so happened to be somewhere and mm-hmm. she heard music playing and then she went to the rock concert and she became friends with the lead singer and then they like were like buddy buddy for a little while. So like she would meet when I say she would meet people in all walks of life, and yeah. just like strike up conversations and like try to have experiences at that moment. Like so, because I, I, that's kind of sort of how we got to know each other. So like mm-hmm. I could I could believe like that happened, but at the same yeah. time, I'm like yo, it's rules, man. You can't just be doing that shit. <laughs> you can't just yeah. be, you can't just be meeting like dudes with six packs and just going to visit other gyms and stuff together mm-hmm. and just not mm-hmm. not tell me and just slot in there later like that's not okay that isn't okay and that kind of brings me to thinking just about the friendship dynamic 
when it comes to being in relationship and being friends with the gender that you're attracted to. Like, how does that work? How does that work with trust? And it's just, it gets me to thinking when, to me, when you do have lies centered around those friendship dynamics, that becomes a problem. Um, I think that little lies, it's just, it really opens a window for certain things. And sometimes it makes you second guess yourself and it, it may take you places where you're like, wait a minute. It's just, it could really be detrimental. So just having those opposite sex dynamic, friend dynamics, that takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust and a lot of communication and boundaries. Yeah. I don't trust these dudes. It's whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So, it's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. Like I'm, I'm not going tell you you can't because you can do whatever the hell you want mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell you what makes me feel comfortable i don't trust them i don't care if that's your brother that's your twin You've known him since third grade what i don't care you just met him i don't trust him he, mm-hmm. he he has no reason to respect me he don't know me right he, he wants to know you or he knows you like that that's where his um respect level is it's just it, it's the line straight from him to you so i don't mm-hmm. trust him but i'm not gonna tell you what you can't do right hopefully right. you just make their choices and fill me in don't ask for forgiveness tell me what's up you know what i'm saying right. like, uh, i just met somebody we just did this it wasn't a big deal like what no no that's not okay right it's not okay i mean i guess where that's where the uh communication comes in huh mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay okay so unless you have anything else with that one jay with trust no i'm good with that one all right you want to pick another or you want me to go uh i'll, I'll pick this one um okay Keep things exciting. Mm. It can be hard to keep a relationship exciting, but relationships are work. You need to put in time and effort to keep the romance alive and stay engaged with your partner. If you feel like your relationship is in a rut, plan something different to help spice things up again. <laughs> they just try to give you a quick, easy fix in that last sentence every time it appears. Mm-hmm. But, um, Someone got tired. The writer mm-hmm. got tired. They were trying they, to go to lunch. They had a word count. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they had a work out. All right, keep uh, I've, okay. I think I think uh, the most important line in here is relationships to work. Um, I, I would hope in our big age, most people don't feel like like it should just work and we should just have a good time because we've grown and we know what we want and blah. Like I hope people realize that anything that matters to you, if you want it to be successful, you got to put in work. Period. Ooh, that's right. I hope, I hope people really know that, but Mm. um, I I think I would even phrase it as relationships don't necessarily require work, but they absolutely require maintenance and you've got to do things to maintain the relationship. So if it involves something to spice it up again, then then do that. Cause like, you're going to have ebbs and flows, ups and downs, ins and outs. Like you, you gotta, the person you met, whenever you met them, isn't the person you're dealing with today. Mm-hmm. Like it's a reference. That person's a reference point, mm-hmm. but they aren't exactly because you, you begin to have those experiences and you change your, your points of view may change. They may say the same. Um, your hair won't be the same in the very least. So that's like a good sign that like there are changes that are going to occur, right? Yeah. You've got to deal with those changes. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got to maintain to stabilize the relationship if you want it to work. So like keep it exciting. What's an exciting thing I think I've done? Hmm. 
Mm. I don't know if I have. I don't know if I've had. Exciting. I'm trying. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting thing to spice up the relationship. Um, you know, I will say, okay, so this is when I was younger. Everything's exciting when you're younger. But I will say the most exciting, well, one of the most exciting. <laughs> okay, so one of the most exciting relationships that I have had, I think that this was, we were younger and we really, he was very social. And so I was, you know, social-ish. And so we really enjoyed like going different places, going to different events. And that was exciting for a while. But I think that what happened with our relationship, we got on autopilot. And once all the fun was over in that sense, it's like, uh, okay, we kind of just defaulted to just doing the whole rigmarole. All right whose house this weekend, and it just mm-hmm. very, very stale, but I didn't feel, you know, in this time, I didn't feel that it was on me to do the work, which was not, that's not something that was a good thing, but mm-hmm. as in more relationships, I did truly understand what it meant to, first of all, keep the spice, understand what your partner needs, make sure that you're not on autopilot. Relationships, in my opinion, should never be on autopilot to a point where you're just like, oh, hey, it is what it is. We're just going with the flow. I feel like when you do that, there is a lot of room for just cracks. Mm -hmm. And another thing, I do feel like relationships are work. And I used to hate when people would say that because I would equate work to, to, to it being just, just in having a negative connotation. But to me, work means doing the work, doing the inner work. So you could be the best person you can be for yourself first. And then by default, you're going to be the best person while in relationship with this person. Um, I think that also doing the work is making sure that you're not being lazy. You're not getting lazy and you're understanding what your partner needs. You're understanding what you need. You're intentional about how you communicate, how you show love. That's all work to me. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. Because like you said earlier, it's love becomes a choice. And mm-hmm. if you choose to be intentional, you choose to do the work. That is that is a really, really powerful thing because when you guys meet in the middle, everything, it's not going to be seamless. It's not going to be perfect, but it's very safe to know that y'all are both doing the work, put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be honest, sometimes the partners that you're with aren't worth doing the work. I've been there, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how you get on autopilot. You're like, uh, well, all right, well, somebody gonna have to call it, you know, and that is not a good place to be in. I've, I've definitely been there, but doing work, which is not easy all the time. I I'm learning that you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with your partner and you have to choose to either commit and be intentional about how you commit or not. Like no one wants their time wasted. Big facts. 100, 100, 100. Like, so do you feel like when I, okay. So you said earlier that love is a choice, right? So when do you feel like it changes from, hey, this is just a feeling we are meant to it? Do you feel like there's like a pivot in a relationship where, where the butterflies and the rainbows kind of disappear and it transcends into a choice of love? I'll say for me, when I admire my partner. So once the 
butterflies and, and rainbows and Care Bear stares and all that good stuff goes away <laughs> or it, it dwindles a bit. It, it becomes a point where I admire the person I chose to spend my time with. And I appreciate the attributes that they possess as something that I wish I had some of. I, 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 can, I can see the beauty in our differences and I don't want anyone else to get any of, those, any of that beauty. Like that's, these, these are my differences. This is what I like. And like, they, they become like, I don't wanna say a hero, but yeah, uh, it, it's just like the, my level of admiration changes. Um, and I wanna keep that safe and secure. So it becomes like, here's my day and another day to make this person feel safe because what they have, like, I admire and I find beautiful. So I, I, yeah, I wanna keep that safe. That's good, that's good. And I'm looking, when you said safe, I was actually looking at safety. That's another, that is, well, lack of safety, it should really be called, is another really big relationship problem. A lot of people do not feel safe in their relationships. And from what, from what I've read and just from the people that I talk to, a lot of people don't even know what it feels like or means to be safe. Like, you know, that's what you want, but can you articulate that to your partner? I mean, sometimes what we think is safety is codependency. Sometimes what mm. we think is safety is, um, you know, things that we should be responsible for. Like there, nobody in this world can make you feel 100% safe. Safety comes 100, well, not 100%. Safety comes from ourselves first. Now we are human. We, we naturally, you know, most of us, unless we're just, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, most of us want relationships and we want to be in relationship with people, <clears throat> excuse me, but what I think where we mess up is putting that 100% expectation that someone else is going to make us feel safe. Um, I think that feeling unsafe is very detrimental to the relationship, absolutely, but there needs to be somewhat of a balance because if you have too many unrealistic expectations, it's just you're going to have what I call is just like this idealistic relationship vision where you want everybody to meet, not everybody, you want your partner to meet all of your needs. And unfortunately that cannot be done, that is impossible. So I feel like it's a very, very, very important balance that we need to have in relationships. I think, I think uh, projection is a disruptor for safety because mm -hmm. um, when people project, they ignore what's really going on. Um, Absolutely. So I had a young lady I was dealing with and we weren't like um, committed or anything like that, but she would, towards the end when she just wanted to stop doing it, which was fine, mm -hmm. but she would just project these things on me that weren't true. <laughs> what I didn't know was that in the beginning she was projecting things on me that weren't true because her ex was like a younger version of me and she thought I was the more mature version of her ex. So that's like mm. what she was into. So like everything she gave me, all the credit and discredit she gave me was about her ex. Mm. And it was just like, granted, like we run in a position to make each other feel safe, but it was just like, we cool. We, nothing heavy, nothing light. Mm -hmm. we were just, you know, like the, the, the porridge in the middle, the, the chair that the Goldilocks <laughs> could sit on, like that's where we were. And it, I, I, think ultimately though like projection is a disruptor of safety because you're not dealing with you're dealing with the concept they're not necessarily the person 
Absolutely. I think that's just a problem in relationships. Like people deal with concepts and not the people. You said people aren't conscious? People are dealing with the concepts and not dealing with the, the concepts. Person. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many layers to that. I mean, with projection, projection, projection to me is literally just to me indicates that someone is not doing the self-work that you need to do. Because if you're misplacing blame on other people, which again, I'm sure we've all, I've done it before. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm not preaching. I am, I am imperfect. I've learned from it though. So I feel like when you're projecting, it's easier. We talked about this a little bit last pod, Jay. It's easier to misplace blame. It's easier to focus on someone else's perceived shortcomings because looking inward is not easy all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you know how much stuff that like we push down and don't want to deal with and how it just, oozes into other situations and relationships that stuff sometimes is really hard to unpack sometimes we need help from a professional sometimes we just need to do some serious self-help audio books or whatever but it that is a safe place for a lot of people of mm -hmm. course it's not the ideal safe place but again it's like her projections or whatever she was being accusatory of like that was her perception of making her feel safe mm -hmm. Guided perception, but it's like that's why I'm like, we have to understand what safety really is and what it is because our whole paradigm, our whole perspective will shift if we truly, truly understand what it means to feel safe and how much responsibility we have to make ourselves feel safe. So I feel like it's definitely all interconnected. Word to mother. <laughs> all right. So our, I feel like that was those are the juicy ones. I mean, did you want to read any more? I mean, there was. There was one or more that was juicy, but they can read up about that one. They can they can look yeah. into that one for themselves. Yeah, I feel like we hit the 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 good ones, and I feel like we can wrap on that. I feel like we dropped a few nuggets. Yeah, they they got they owe you a couple dollars for this episode for sure. Mm -hmm. Put this behind think... put this behind the paywall. Put this one behind <laughs> the paywall. Listen, no, but no, no, no. You you gave us some poetic nuggets. You gave us some real profound. You gave us a combination. So I feel like this is a good place, a good place to stop. So let us know what y'all think. I think this was good. We will, again, just check the, the pod description to get the link. Make sure you follow Jay at, Jay, what's your handle for Instagram? Your My handle on the Instagram is at Negro. And anywhere you look at the internet and you find Negro. 10 times out of 10, it's me. <laughs> yes. All right. And as y'all know, you guys can find me um, at Muffy Bradshaw on all the internet. Just search me, my Instagram, all that good stuff. If you are interested in coaching, there's a link in my bio for that as well. I can help you with all that inner work and all that good stuff that we talk about on the pod. And until next time, we will talk to y'all later. Oh, as I drop my phone, this would have been an almost perfect podcast if that didn't happen. But y'all know it's real. We don't do cuts. We don't do around Kia. All right. So we will talk to y'all very, very soon. And we hope that y'all enjoyed the pod. Bye. Peace out, Slims.